This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who's interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, or maybe you don't know anything about it and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to the early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. Coming up in this week's episode, we have a look at the maturing real estate market and how they're entering NFTs. FTX takes on regulators in Texas and the Bored Ape Yuga Labs are being looked at by the SEC. Also, Walmart and how it's stepping into crypto. My name's Tracy, and this week Craig's off on holidays, lucky boy. So it's my pal and work buddy from the Bamboo app. Blake, how are you going? How are you going this week? Very well. It's great to be back. Um, we went to FinFest over the yeah, weekend, didn't we, Tracy? We certainly which was, did. Which was a conference put on by the Equity Mates Media Group, and they're the ones that help us produce the podcast, and they did an amazing job. I think they ended up selling about 1,800 tickets talking about yeah. all things investing, which was uh, a hoot. It was awesome. Yeah, can't can't talk highly enough about that. Awesome event, yep. So shout out to the Equity Mates crew and our producer, Sasha, who we don't mention enough here on the podcast. She's behind the scenes with us every single episode. So shout out to Sasha, who we spent some time with on the weekend. And again, awesome event. So Yes, and it's happening again next year. So if you missed out, don't worry, they're going to do it again. As well as that, I believe all the talks are going to be posted on YouTube. Yes. So if you did miss it, keep your eyes open on the Equity Mates socials and you'll be able to follow up um, with some of those amazing talks. Very good point. Absolutely. Now, on with the news this week in crypto land. This story made headlines across all news outlets. An NFT house sold for 175000 And this isn't just a JPEG picture of a house. No, here's the interesting thing about this story. It's actually the ownership of a house. That's right. This is not just a JPEG. This is the title and the keys to a house, which is situated in North Carolina. Now, this might seem like a bit of a PR stunt, uh, but the company behind it is called Roofstock, an on-chain marketplace that lets you buy houses. So this is a single-storey um, family house, and this was bought on open seas. So Blake, can you tell us a little bit more about this one? The owners opened an LLC, which is uh, similar as a PTY LTD company here in Australia, and the LLC takes ownership of the property. They then tokenized the property and mint an NFT 
which they say represents the ownership of the house. And people can browse the NFT on a marketplace and buy the house in one click. Now, I'm sure there was a lot of legals in the background and people have been pushing for this technology to be used in this way for a very long time. And the first time I heard about it was um, something called Aspen Coin, where you could fractionally buy a stake in a ski resort in Aspen. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we're just going to see more and more of this because, you know, settlement for a property can take anywhere from 30 days to 90 or even 120 days, which is extremely arduous. And it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of parties involved. But if settlement could happen on the blockchain with the transfer of an NFT, I think it would make everyone's life easier and the whole process a lot cheaper. Yeah, definitely. This one was settled using a USDC stablecoin, I think by something called USDC Homes. And I think what they say is that the underwriter provides, you know, the verification identity of the person that does it. And I think it sits then in a in a sub off-chain data account. So it's like an es- like an escrow, I think they call it over there or something along those lines. Yeah. And, ver- and what we're going to see more and more of is verification done with NFTs. For example, mm. you could you could KYC or produce all your your documents, like your driver's license and and bank statements, and have them minted into an NFT. So then, you know, the people that you're sharing it with don't necessarily have access to the underlying information, but knows yeah. that yep. the you know that you're verified and you can make that particular transaction. Exactly. Look, the real estate NFT is a narrative that we've been hearing a lot about over the last 12 to 18 months. So it's no surprise to me that we've kind of gotten to this point. But I think the jury's still out on whether or not this will actually take off because it's pretty mind blowing to just jump on open seas, have a look around, and click and buy a home. So. You know, it's it like I said, it's pretty mind blowing. So we'll see we'll see how that one goes. On to our next story: FTX Exchange and their illustrious head leader Sam Bankman Fried are being investigated by the state of Texas and their regulators. So why are they being investigated? The Texas State Security Board wants to investigate whether FTX is offering unregistered security products, specifically through yield bearing accounts. Regulators are arguing that the 8% yield that FTX promotes on new deposits is similar to an investment contract, which is viewed as a security in the state of Texas. You've got a bit more on this, Blaine. You know, these yield-bearing accounts are a hot topic. Companies like Voyager and Celsius who have uh, had uh, liquidity issues, as well as companies like Coinbase have struggled to get these products up because of the fraught or the complex regulatory environment. And now it's FTX turn to be under the microscope. And you know, like you just mentioned, Tracy, the SEC is viewing this as potentially an investment contract. Now, this is a classic example of regulators trying to put a square peg in a circle hole to fit crypto into legacy policies. And they don't quite fit. Um, and they're really just looking for a, a nail to hit, you know, the, the SEC being the hammer. So, you know, it's such a challenge. While this place, while this space is still doesn't have its own regulation, there's going to be more and more of this. They're going to be trying to figure out what to do with these products because they don't fit nicely into 
you know, how it's traditionally been done. So this isn't the first time that FTX have been under some regulatory pressure. They recently came under the spotlight from a US bank regulator for allegedly false and misleading claims that the exchange was FDIC insured. So I'm not 100% sure what that even means, Blake, but you were you were telling me over the weekend that, you know, all Sam does over there is lobby and be in communication with these regulators. So he would have been aware that this was potentially coming. He would be well across all of this, wouldn't he? Yeah, well, working with regulators, I think, is very different to potentially working with you know, the administrative bodies like the SEC or the CFDC. You know, the FDIC insured wallets means that, you know, if I deposit some money into a Chase, JP Morgan Chase bank account, it's generally insured up to $250,000. Um, so, you know, people are looking for those products in crypto for that assurance. You know, it's like a bit tick of approval because people were wiped out during the GFC. You know, that's mm. really a, respo- a response mm. to these things. Yeah, Sam is up there in Washington lobbying. I think he spends, I think I heard him mention that he spends 50% of his time there um, speaking with legislators and and regulators. And I don't know if he knew about this or not, but, you know, what I suspect is that, you know, the SEC is trying to get involved as much as possible from a regulatory position. So, yeah, we'll see how this one plays out. Our next story follows in the same vein. The SEC last week came out and said that he's investigating Yuga Labs, the creators of Bored Ape Yacht Club, who's undoubtedly the biggest NFT brand out there at the moment. So Gary Gensler, head of the SEC, said he wants to investigate whether Yuga broke any federal laws with their NFT or token ApeCoin. Um, why have they gone after these guys, Blake? Mm, yeah, really interesting. So... Obviously, NFTs are an extremely new technology, only a few years old or come to prominence in the last couple of years. And the regulars still don't know how to treat them. So, you know, what I suspect that the SEC is doing here is going to um, do an investigation to figure out, you know, which laws it touches and, you know, which rules it potentially broke or, or didn't break to create precedent moving forward. And I think looking at the biggest project to potentially make an example out of is a strategy it looks like they're taking. So fascinating stuff. And this is really going to, you know, depending on the outcome of this, it's really going to dictate how that sub-industry within cryptocurrency Mm. um, evolves over the coming years. And it would be that they've just picked kind of the biggest one to go for because that sets the precedent? Yeah, for sure. And it's just very prominently a North American project as well. Mm. And they probably did such a diversity of things. They raised venture capital. They raised money from retail investors. Mm. You know, Mm. they were selling these things. There was perks that came with purchasing these assets Mm -hmm. and they really did everything. Yeah, well, it makes sense that they start there. Well, look, I suppose, you know, Kim Kardashian's been hit one week and now they're going after the biggest collection, you know, uh, in NFT land. So the FCC are really on a tear right now. So we'll see We'll see who comes up next in their, in their firing line. So Aussies have Kmart and Target and the US has Walmart. We all know how huge Walmart is. The CTO has just said that crypto will pay a huge role in the retail space. I have talked before about the way in which customers are getting inspired and discovering products. That is changing. And part of that is going to happen in the metaverse. Part of that is going to happen on live streams inside your social media app. 
Blake, did you know that Walmart is one of the biggest revenue-making companies in the world right now? $570 billion in annual revenue. And it's been that way for the last 10 years. And now Walmart loves crypto, apparently. Their CTO, Suresh Kumar, jumped on an interview this week where he dropped some gems on why crypto will play a big part in retail and their digital strategy moving forward. Blake, can you tell us a couple of the main points of interest and why he thinks crypto and the blockchain can really disrupt moving forward? Yeah, firstly, it's payments. Um, Shiresh says crypto will become an important part of how customers transact in the future. You know, and it's been our thesis here at the Crypto Curious that one day you know, all our payments will be done um, and settled on the blockchain. Um, and then secondly, product discovery. He says customers will shift to discovering new products in the metaverse and they want to capitalize on that. So, you know, they'll be opening a store there and maybe, you know, in the future you won't leave your home to purchase things at Walmart. You'll do them in the metaverse. You'll walk down the aisles um, on your treadmill at home um, with your headset on. <laughs> um, you'll be picking the items off the shelf, putting them in your virtual trolley, and then they'll be sent to your home in the next 24 hours. So uh, yeah, potentially potentially that's their vision. That is so scary, but probably really that's probably where it's going. And Walmart's already been pretty active within the Web3 space. Over the last year, they've integrated blockchain tech to let them better track the origins of their produce and products that they sell uh, and they're experimenting with ways that can make their supply chain um, more effective. As we reported in the podcast a few weeks back, they also launched two new metaverses in Roblox where users can use and buy virtual and physical items and play other metaverse games with their friends. So definitely they're pushing in this direction and kind of maybe going to what you were saying then Blake maybe that's kind of their avenue like get used to it into Roblox and then one day you what you're doing in Roblox is purchasing your goods that get sent to you yeah what do you think what do you think the average age of the Roblox player is well, going for my household, the average age is 10 and 11. So <laughs> it could be the case that they're, you know, not going after your millennials or mm. you know, the, the Gen Xs. They could just be going after the Gen Zs and younger um, and starting to build their capacity in that place so that they can secure their position as your know, market leaders in that space um, and grow with them. Absolutely, absolutely. When you're a business, you know, as big as Walmart with that much revenue, you need to look ahead, um, at, you know, and crypto is definitely going to disrupt everyday transactions and they've definitely got their finger on the pulse. So, you know, they know what they're doing. Let's, let's, uh, let's take a break here and when we come back, we'll look at some BTC charts and deliver you the short, sharp news bites. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. Let's look now, Blake, at a little bit of a BTC chart. For those who might not be into technical analysis, even those who aren't, this is just a good little market indicator when put with some other fundamentals. There's a bit of chatter around this last week about the Bitcoin volatility chart. Now, Bitcoin's volatility hasn't been this low since 2020. Now, those that do closely follow technical analysis will measure this with something called the Bitcoin Historical Volatility Index, the BVOL. And according to history, whenever the BVOL falls to this level, what follows is a large spike in volatility. Now, that could be up or it could be down. And the last three times that this has happened, Bitcoin price has actually pumped up. But again, it could go either way. So, Blake, what, what's your thoughts here? Yeah. Now, when when Bitcoin's not volatile, which this chart suggests, it's always a little bit scary because something's going to happen. <laughs> something's uh, going to happen. <laughs> we don't know what. Uh, you know, it is good because it just really uh, is a testament to the stability of crypto where mm. other markets um, are acting very volatile at the moment, such as the US dollar and equities markets and even property in some mm. places. So, mm. you know, we're looking at Bitcoin going sideways and thinking, all right, what's going on here? Why is Bitcoin stable and everything else yeah. is moving around? So no doubt we're going to see it move in one direction and there's some great memes that um, reference this. <laughs> Have you seen the guy with the stick poking the, poking the yeah, chart? Do waiting? something. Do something. Oh, gee, that is gold. That makes a resurgence every now and then. But isn't October generally um, a green month for Bitcoin? I'm not too sure. So, uh, historically, September's a red month, so maybe... Uh, I think, yes, I think six out of the last eight have been green for Bitcoin, but we'll see. We're nearing the end of the month. So, yep, let's see what happens with the BVOL and, um, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Let's move on to this week's Short Sharp News Bites. And I'll go first this week. Coinbase has been in every single episode pretty much every week for the last four or five weeks. So we won't buck the trend this week. Uh, Another mention for our rising stars at Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, is selling 2% of his total shares in Coinbase. He owns just a cool 39 million shares, so 2% would be about 50 million. Why is he selling, you ask? Well, he wants to create a, a fund Uh, for new scientific research companies similar to the two that he's already got, uh, New Limited, which is developing medicines to extend human lifespan, and Research Hub, uh, decentralised research protocol. So, yeah, um, someone asked if if he's meant to be stepping down as a Coinbase CEO, to which good old Bri says, no way. He plans on being CEO of Coinbase for a very, very long time. 
Fellow podcaster and author Tim Ferriss has launched an NFT collection. Uh, I was listening to his podcast and he was promoting this. Oh, he was pumping his, pumping his bags, was he? Oh. Yeah. And all the proceeds will go to a foundation focused on psychedelic research, life preservation and protecting Indigenous communities. Now, Tim does a lot of work in this space, mm. both personally and professionally, um, raising capital for important projects and also protecting your Indigenous cultures and communities. So this incredible project. Put the link in. Yeah, and I, I reckon that Kevin Rose, one of his good friends and a famous leader in the NFT space, has helped him with this project um, to create a, an amazing product. So um, we'll leave the link for this in the show notes. Please check it out. Excellent. MasterCard is launching a new program that will help banks offer crypto trading. MasterCard will help traditional finance institutions offer cryptocurrency trading by acting as an intermediary with Paxos and providing regulatory compliance and security according to a report that came out a few days ago by CNBC. So the financial services company claims there is still demand for crypto coins and tokens, but many clients would prefer to go through a traditional bank. So yeah, a bit of an eye roll on that story because, um, you know, they can't beat us. So join us, I guess. Still newsworthy. So what's next, Balake? Magic Eden, uh, which is an NFT marketplace, has moved to optional royalties. Now the buyers get to decide what percent royalties they want to give to NFT creators, which is great, which is like a set and forget auto tipping mechanism whenever revenue is put through the NFT or whether it's bought or sold. So this is a fantastic feature that has great implications. So we'll see how this evolves and what uptake it has. Yeah. Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins, first NFT collection sold out in minutes on Open Seas. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. You're one of Jack Crawford's, aren't you? I am, yes. May I see your credentials? NFT buyers scooped up a diverse collection of NFT artworks inspired by Hopkins' long and acclaimed career. I'm sure there was some kind of picture depicting the cool face-covered Hannibal Lecter, hello Clarice-looking picture there. But um, I know that a lot of people were waiting on this one. There was a big Discord group that apparently blew up talking about it. So there you go. Interesting. And again, that's it for this week. Please keep the questions coming and email us on podcast at getbamboo.io or contact us via social media. Don't forget to rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this podcast on. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again, guys. Bye. Bye. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equitymates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. 
In a spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.